Welcome to Grow Your Influence Tree with your host, Leonard Kim. This is the show especially for those that want to be among the top influencers of the world. We'll help you build your brand, tell the most compelling story, build your reputation and grow your audience, and attract the top clients and customers. Listen to the experts. Think like they do, and you'll be on your way. Now, here's Leonard Kim. Hey everyone, Leonard Kim here for another episode of Grow Your Influence Tree. Uh, this week we have Sarah Ramsing on the line with us. Uh, she's a machine learning engineer over in Petaluma, California, and she has a deep understanding of how like the back end of the internet works, but um, the art of social media is completely lost on her. So she called out for SOS and Leonard came and rescued. Yay! So what we're going to do is we're going to chat about how we can rocket her off to Mars. Um, Sarah, why don't you take like a moment to introduce yourself? Sure, absolutely. My name is Sarah Ramsing, uh, graduated of University of Miami for undergrad, went to MIT for grad school from Miami, Florida. That's why I cheer for all my Miami team. And I've been working in machine learning. My first project was in college. So I've been in that code. And one of the first uh, programming languages I worked in was COBOL back in, oh, I don't know, that was back in high school. So I understand the back end of things. It's just the art of social media. It just goes so far over my head. You can't even look up and see it. So... That's why I kind of sent out the flares to you because I need help. <laughs> yeah, it's understandable. It's uh, easy to get caught into the weeds and just see just the code, especially when you have a coding background. And uh, it's really hard to see the other side of it. Like for me, when I look at the coding side, I'm just like, okay, <laughs> what do I do now? <laughs> Everything's broken and I don't know what to do. So I, I kind of understand how you feel when you say that you kind of uh, see one side of the spectrum, but the other side's a little bit difficult for you to understand. Um, so out of curiosity, why do you kind of want to go out there and build social media? What's like your end goals for that? Well, I'd like to communicate better with, um, with just the people, you know, in my network and the people I'm talking to and, you know, them talking back to me. But also I just wanted to build up not just my personal brand, but some of the side projects I have. So, I would like to be able to, you know, network that and communicate those projects more effectively. And I feel like if I can do that for myself and those projects, it it would just be such a great, great help. And when you say side projects, what kind of side projects are you working on? Well, I do um, just just some of the stuff I'm building out for myself. I would like to see um, just... Like just some of my some of the coding projects I have, I would just like to possibly do more with that. Um, but I would like to see how how I would communicate that, like on the internet, because like I said, it's very easy for me just to post things. But I think I need far more focus. I think that's one of the biggest things I have to work on. Cool. So when you say a coding project, this is like something that you kind of made in your own free time. It could be like an app, a program, or something like that. And you kind of yeah, want to go out there and share it. Exactly. It's, it's software. Um, some, one of them is, uh, is based on like it's, it's a crypt, uh, cryptography project, like one, pro, uh, one program. So I, I would like to see, you know, if there was a way for me to um, post about that online. 
um, and just be more effective when talking about it online so it you know it doesn't get too muddy cool and then on the other side you've been creating different kinds of content for the last few years i have yeah i i started blogging years ago we were all on geocities and funny enough um being on geocities we kind of all just followed one another that that little geocities uh community and we were all on blogger and we were all, it's funny because when they started moving over, what, those were the first people I started following on Twitter, um, were all my GeoCity friends. So um, that's basically what brought me to Twitter. Oh, cool. So you kind of uh, were blogging back in the days when blogging basically first started out and then um, yeah. kind of progressed all the way over to here. And you're writing about all types of things. Like um, what kind of things are you talking about in your blogs? Um, I write about some tech stuff, some hardware stuff, uh, specifically AR and VR. And then I get into sports just because when I first started Twitter, that's kind of what I was just, tweeting about just some sports stuff and some tech stuff. So I just, I just added that into um, my website as well, just because there's a lot of data in sports and that's really the place I was coming from. So I said, you know, why not? <laughs> cool. So you kind of, what you're, what you've basically done is you've taken a data-based approach and applied it to sports and other aspects of your personal life and combined it into a blog. Yes, exactly. Cool. <laughs> And um, how's that been working for you thus far? Um, it's, it's been, it hasn't been working as well as I wanted it. I think part of the problem is me. I definitely need to generate more content. Um, but also, I didn't know if that should be my focus and I should continue in that realm or if I should just put up more, you know, other types of subjects on the site and keep going with that or if it should just continue with something very, you know, focused like what I was doing? Or should I, you know, even refocus it, you know, even make it tighter? Yeah, I mean, it kind of, I took a look at all your profiles and I took a look around on all the different things that you were doing. And it seems that um, the content production is kind of there. It's just that when someone walks into it, uh, it's easy for them to kind of get lost and not sure uh, what you were really doing. Um, so when I was looking at all your profiles, um, I didn't see a LinkedIn come up. Do you have a LinkedIn as well or no? I don't have a LinkedIn, no. Mm. Okay. So I, I think the... Uh, from just looking at everything, um, going around your website and your social media and everything, uh, one of the biggest things that I kind of saw that um, kind of made me uh, question things a little and made it a little uncertain when I w went across your website was that you have so many different things that you're talking about content-wise, and they're all kind of on to that home page. Okay. So, um, like, I see the Avengers Endgame spoiler. I see Counterpunch, Black Holes, WikiLeaks. Then it goes to, like, why Apple's air power mat is dead to how to watch the Super Bowl online, free streaming. And, like, once I get there, I'm like, okay, I have no idea which direction um, Sarah's going into. Okay. And um, yeah. it's okay for you to create content in all these different categories. 
it just needs some structure. So, like, okay. if you think about it, like, uh, let's think about it, like, I guess, uh, folder on a computer. On the folder, what you want to do is you want to name the primary folder something so you know what you're kind of getting into. Then when you go into every single subsequent folder, you know what kind of content's going to be there. And I, I think some of the easy fixes for this would be to uh, set up categories on your site so you have multiple categories that people can kind of go through and create those as tabs. Then also at the front of your website, kind of put in a homepage where you could talk more about you, the things that you do, uh, the type of work that you do, and what you like to do for fun so people could kind of navigate from there. Awesome. I can do that. So I'd say what you could do is maybe at the top of the page, put a big picture of you. You have a lot of video content that you could probably pull a still from. You have a DSLR, so you could just take a picture. Whatever you do, just put up a picture of yourself, either doing something that you love or doing something related to your work. And then put a line there that talks about kind of like what you do, like um, maybe that you're uh, in machine learning or you deal with AI and things like that, that kind of give you a brief summary of exactly what it is that you do. Then um, sure. as people scroll down, you can have like three different boxes. Like maybe the first box could be about Sarah and then that can link over to like your uh, bio. Another one could be work with Sarah or <clears throat> learn more about the work that you're working on where you could put things like your side project and all the other things that are related to your tech stuff, then the third box could be like um, maybe a, more related to your blog and things that you're already creating. Okay. Yeah. So you're just basically saying like give it some give it some structure, and just make it a little bit more professional. It's just a little bit hodgepodge right now, and I get that going in there. And I know the site. So. <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay, cool. <laughs> I got everything looking <laughs> at me. Um, another thing is when I, like, open up your uh, video or open up any of your posts on your website, there's only a video and there's no text beneath it. So there's, like, a headliner on what the article is. And, um, I mean, some of them have some text, but then some of them don't. Okay. Um, so all I, of them, all of them should have text to accompany video. Yeah, all of them should have the text to accompany the video, and um, it should probably be descriptive so people would actually want to watch the video, but also long enough so that you could kind of get the benefit from SEO too. So I'd say over 250 words, preferably 500 or more. I gotcha. I can do that. Yeah. And let's see. Um, in regards to um, what else you could kind of do is um, when, when I click over to your bio page, like you have like a, it's not clicking over on my phone, but um, it has like one sentence on there. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it might be good to kind of flesh out a little more detail into on there. That. Maybe, maybe work my way up to two sentences. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, to be fair, you have three sentences. They're just really short. <laughs> I mean, um, for years, 
years, I would just, for years, I would just look at that page and just close it. Just look at it and close it. Look at it and, cl- and close it. And it's, it's so funny because if you can't write a bio of yourself, what can you do? <laughs> well, why don't you start like this? For years, when I would open up this page on my website, Literally, I would open it, close it, open it, close it, open it, close it. And I realized that if there's one thing that anyone has to be able to do in life, it's rather bio. And if I can't do that, what does that make me? Well, hey, I'm trying it out right now. Well, let me tell you a little bit about who I am. My name is Sarah Ramsing. Uh, currently, I'm a this is a, uh, machine uh, machine. I do machine <laughs> learning. <laughs> I can't say this. Um, I do machine learning for a living, and I have a lot of fun going out there and making YouTube videos and creating different types of content where I can kind of drive uh, data into what I'm doing. Uh, some of that's within the fields of comedy, sports, finance, and all this other fun stuff. But let me tell you how I kind of got to where I am today. Then you can start with like your early life, move on to like um, how you were raised by your parents, what kind of values were instilled upon you then, how uh, school was like when you decided to, or <clears throat> what um, school was like. You, you grew up in um, California or Miami? Uh, Miami. 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 Like, what, what it was like growing up in Miami? Um, I don't think there's a lot of minorities out there, so maybe you could talk about a lot of that diversification where you're going out to school there and what that was like. Um, some early friendships, some things that really uh, changed your life or made or helped drive value into your life and kind of progressed that into when you made the decision to move into tech and AI and machine learning and kind of progress forward in your journey of moving into college, uh, what a few of your first jobs were like, some projects that you worked on, and kind of get to where you are today. I can do, sure. Can you really? (laughs) I can. I I, I think my issue with writing a bio is it always came off as you don't want to be too pretentious but you don't want to give someone, you know, too much of a resume because it's, it's, you know, a blog. So I can definitely yeah. put in there, like, good stories and, like, some antidotes. I just never wanted to come off as too, like, CV-ish in a, you know, in a bio page because it's, it's, yeah, it's a bio. <laughs> So one of the best things that I could recommend you do is um, mm-hmm. kind of pretend that you're sitting at the bar or at a cool place or like at a tea shop or whatever it may be. You're talking to your friend and you want to share a story with them. And that story is kind of uh, like how you kind of got to where you are today from how you were raised. Um, whether you're sitting with that friend for 15 minutes, an hour, 30 minutes, whatever it may be, there's going to be a certain story that kind of comes out of it where it's really like you're talking to your friend. And if you know what your cutoff time is, (laughs) if you know what your cutoff time is, you know that you're going to fit your entire story into that, right? Right. So... Um, if you're able to kind of go through that, then 
you could either bring a wireless lab and just record it and then go get it transcribed, or you could kind of just think how you talk and then write it out the same way. It's, it works either way. Okay. Is there a method you prefer? Is there a method that like you subscribe to? or? Well, the first thing I, I usually do is in the first two or three sentences, I'll put my accolades in the third person. Like, Leonard Kim has been featured in around 300 media publications, and he's a personal branding expert, uh, blah, 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 right? Then I flip it around to the first person and kind of focus on kind of like what I do today. Hi, my name is Leonard Kim. I currently work as a personal branding specialist. A lot of people reach out to me for my expertise, and what I'm able to do is I'm able to help them with X, Y, and Z. Then after I kind of get into what I do right now, I'm like, well, let me tell you about how I got here. Then I'll go early life. I'll go um, <clears throat> my. I'll talk about like how my grandparents raised me. Uh, what school was like, what it was like to go to, uh, <clears throat> what it was like to get picked on by this kid who said Ching Chong Chang, <laughs> and then kind of move forward to like, um, you know, uh, my <clears throat> uh, grandfather dealing with Alzheimer's, me losing him, how I forgot who he was, kind of transitioned into me going off and doing bad things. Then having this rediscovery where I had to go out there and rediscover who I am and kind of progress forward into going out there and sharing. And that's how I got to uh, doing what I'm doing now. Awesome. Yeah. If you want, uh, we could take a commercial break. And when we get back from this commercial break, we could spend the next 15 to 17 minutes and you could just go off and share your story with me. And since this will be recorded, all you have to do is get it transcribed and you can have a bio. Absolutely. We can do that. Okay, You will perfect. be my friend at the bar. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, let's hop off to a commercial break and we'll be back shortly. Uh, you can always find me at Mr. Leonard Kim online and you can find Sarah at sarahramsing.com. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. It's time to unlock some of the best kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Tuesday at noon Pacific time at 3 p.m. Eastern time for The Forbes Factor. We get it will be the best hour of your week. Want to improve your health, business, and life just by listening to a radio show? Well, we can at least move you in the right direction. Listen for Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. Each week, Allison will speak with amazing guests and find out what's changed their lives and how they are changing the lives of others. From beauty to health to business and personal relationships, we're here to inspire you to live your life of passion. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers channel now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop take voice america on the go and listen anywhere get our mobile app for iphone blackberry or android at the apple itunes app store blackberry app world or android market 
This is Grow Your Influence Tree. To reach Leonard Kim or his guest, call into the program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop a line by email to hello at leonardkim.com. Now, back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Hey everyone, welcome back to Grow Your Influence Tree. You have Leonard Kim, and today we're with Sarah Mamsing. Uh, we kind of talked about the importance of a bio before this commercial break. And now um, I think what we're going to do is we're going to have Sarah kind of tell us her story in the next, let's say, 18 minutes. So, Sarah, we're at a bar, we're sitting down. I have a whole garden. Uh, what are you drinking? I'm drinking uh, what am I, a white Russian. Why not? A white Russian. I got a whole garden, and we're sitting around, and you're telling me about your life and how you got to where you are today, and you're starting with a little bit about what you do now. Let's go. <laughs> what do I do now? I'm a machine learning engineer, graduated from the University of Miami, was not planning on going to grad school at all, and then I ended up at MIT after my funding fell through at um, Caltech. And in Miami, uh, you know, raised by my mother's side of the family, the best people on earth, hardworking, will discipline the hell out of you, <laughs> you know, sports on Saturday and Sundays with the best food, um, a loving sister, great mom, raised by uncles and my grandfather and, and my aunt. And it was just, it was the best upbringing. Um, and when you're raised, you know, as when you're raised a little Indian girl, you know, there are no Bs. There are definitely no Cs. <laughs> if you come home with the A minus, you have your, you know, some type of apology pre-planned. <laughs> and and you, you, me and my sister, we just, we always excelled at school. We got our, we got our scholarships uh, to UM. And she's a teacher. She went into education, communications. Uh, she had a communications degree. I started in finance. I, I really loved finance. And I loved the math of it. I loved the back end. And then I just started taking all these physics classes. And before I knew it, I had a double major in undergrad in uh, physics and finance. And, and then in... In, I, I didn't want to go to grad school because I was working full time when I was in school. And you get to a point where you just cannot take it anymore because you're waking up before the sun rises and you're coming home after the sun rises. And there might have been about two and a half years in there where I swear to God, I did not see the sun. I didn't see weather. I was just up early and home late. And I, I couldn't wait. I just couldn't wait to graduate and not have to have, you know, that type of workload. And then I got an offer from Caltech where I wanted to go. I hadn't even, I had, I had not applied. And they saw one of my projects and um, they asked me to consider applying. And I did. And I got in. And then I went out there for the summer. I had gotten in for the fall. And they didn't have, they hadn't secured funding yet. And they didn't, they didn't have the money for funding. And then MIT came in who has, you know, the endowment war chest of like the world's greatest country. <laughs> and they, 
offered me admittance and they offered me, you know, to, for me to go up there and they would fund the project. They would fund, you know, and all the students who were going to Caltech um, who had already signed up, we were already moved out there. We now had to move back all the way across the country <laughs> um, and go to MIT. And yeah, and after, I, in MIT, I was, I, well, before MIT, one of my first jobs in, it was, Right before I started high school, I wanted an internship at IBM, so I was working down there. And then in college, I had worked with them again. And then up at MIT, I was working in the lab. So, yeah, it was... It, you said... I, just the fact that I, I wasn't... I, I had no desire to go to grad school still makes me laugh because if I had cut out that part of my life the direction, the course of my career would be very, very different. Um, so I think when you're burnt out, you just have to, you have to take a step back and just remember, don't make any decisions from a place of fear or tiredness because you might not make the right decision. So I would start with that. And then I ended um, you know, now I'm still working in, I'm, I'm working in machine learning. Uh, the background was in, you know, I did automation projects. My, you know, my focus at MIT was um, quantum mechanics, so <laughs> I, I had that background, and um, I was always doing, you know, these research projects, and I was in the lab, and it paired nicely with, uh, it paired nicely with the physics background, so it's a very, you know, it's, an, it's a really competitive school, and I'm, I'm always grateful to this day that, that our project got funded, because... You know, my whole dream of saying, you know what, I was tired of school. I didn't want graduate school. All of a sudden, when it was about to be taken away, I wanted it very badly. So <laughs> that, that's life for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, some things I would recommend adding into there are um, maybe some of the hobbies and the things that you like doing um, when you kind of... Uh, and also adding in a little bit of the um, <clears throat> thought process that kind of combines and uh, leads from one thought to the other. So you kind of mentioned a few things like um, being raised by a great family and who you were with, but you can kind of tie those together with a little bit more of the story elements that kind of tie uh, the first event to the next one. And as you kind of piece that together, you'll be able to make a, little, a more compelling of a story um, I'd also challenge you to think of a few more of the hardships that you kind of uh, experienced along the way because uh, from my understanding, your story starts with a nice loving home where everything was great. Your biggest challenge was grades, but then you kind of went overworked and you never saw the light of the day. And you kind of got to a breaking point where you uh, decided that you kind of wanted to... Uh, Toss in the towel, but then you uh, gave school another shot, and that's kind of how you got to where you are now. But then um, I, I think it would be cool to also fill in some data or some other information into that story of, like, what else has happened now? Like, what are you doing now? Uh, what kind of projects are you working on? What kind of uh, things are you doing in your free time? Uh, what are you... And other, other elements kind of like that, because um, it seems a little too airbrushed, and there could be a little more details in there. Yeah, okay. I can definitely put more of me in there. Just stuff about just me outside of work. I can talk about more 
in the bio, I can put more of just like me stuff outside of work and just hobbies and just little, yeah. just little stuff in here. Yeah. I think another uh, big thing is a lot of people, what they do is they kind of hone in and zoom in on just work or zoom in on just personal life. But what the best thing to do is kind of combine all the elements together because when Sarah looks at herself in the mirror, uh, what you see is you see your whole self. You see your work self. You see your home self. You see your with friends self. You see your working on projects self. You see your family self. And you see yourself as this whole comprehensive picture. But usually what we do is when we go hang out with our friends, we put on our friend hat. When we go to work, we put on our work hat. And when we see family, we do the same. And when we're trying to make something and do something like on digital profiles, we usually only carry one of those hats with us, but we should really be carrying that comprehensive hat that's inclusive of all these different elements. I completely understand, and I do fall into that trap. Well, it's okay. It's an easy trap to get out of. Um, uh, another good thing that you might really need to do for your long-term success is to probably set up a LinkedIn page. <laughs> well, just so you know, the reason why I never set up um, LinkedIn was because many years ago, we weren't a lot. We, <laughs> they sent out cease and desist letters. When we posted certain things online, I was working at a company and we couldn't post certain things online about us. And instead of just being normal and, you know, just saying to us, hey, you guys, you know, don't, please don't post that. Or you just don't be on there and, you know, give out this type of information. They literally sent out legal notices. <laughs> and, and, and the same group of people to this day were like, nope, <laughs> nope, nope. We, we say very little about it just because we come from that place. And, and it was just, it was so touchy back then. And I'm sure it still is now. So that's one of the reasons why we just, we have, and this was years, this was before LinkedIn. So, I mean, can you imagine now how it would be? So, so that's the main reason why I'm not. <laughs> Uh, I think that's kind of crazy because, like, um, a lot of us, what we do is we build up these random, like, traumas and random things that we kind of deal with because of how other people treat us. And when an employer is doing something crazy, like sending their employees a cease and desist letter, I mean, that would traumatize me and make me want to shut down the account, too. And it's like, what's up with that? Why don't they just say, hey, can you not post about work-related stuff? And you would you would think, and the funny thing is, it wasn't even like a LinkedIn site. It wasn't even a site where it was like you know you had your whole CV up and you had your resume. It wasn't even that detailed a site. So I can only imagine <laughs> like if they saw like a site like that now, how it would be. But that was the main reason, and I still laugh about it with you know my old coworkers. But it's just funny because they they went in so hard and. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, my wife, like, she kind of worked at a similar type of environment, and, um, but then they just had strong policy. I don't think they actually sent out cease and desist letters, but she was so stricken with fear 
her. Like she was looking through her phone, like just looking at all the happy memories of her past and watching all these videos. And there was this video of her, and she was over at um, it was Halloween, and they were doing a costume party at work, and they were figuring out who the uh, victor was. And she's like, "Oh, I love this moment." I'm like, "Why don't you share it online?" She's like, "I'm gonna get in trouble." I'm like. By who? <laughs> and, and like this fear, it's like stricken into us because of some of these past experiences that we face. And I'm like, what, what do you mean by? And then she's like, but by my old job, I'm like, you don't work there anymore. What are they going to do? Take away your paycheck? She's like, I'm like, they don't give you a paycheck. And she's like, no. I'm like, okay. She's like, what if they sue me? I'm like, they're going to sue you because you're putting up a picture of people in costumes. And it's kind of interesting how there's so much fear that people kind of build up from all these different things and policies. And I think what we really have to realize is we're kind of in a transparent world now where transparency is valued more than anything else. Yeah. 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 And and, and it's not how people, like, Oh, you know, I feel like posting where you work, I don't think it's so egregious. I don't think it's a big deal because obviously people know you work somewhere. And in the tech community, it's not that big. People, you know, people think it's huge, but it's not that big. So, and you run into people, you know, if you worked in Seattle, you run into people in that scene. You know, if you worked in the South, that community is even smaller. So, it's almost like they think, what, no one speaks to each other. <laughs> And everyone's so walled off. So it's just, it's pretty funny to me. Yeah, and the other side of it is when you are sharing things related to your work, your your company is getting additional exposure and more people are paying attention to the things that they're doing, which is a good thing. So who knows? Yeah. So your current company is kind of like that too? No. Um, they They're... Because of the contracts and because of the type of work we do, um, they're just, you know, more low-key. But mm-hmm. they've never they've never gone after anyone in that way, no. Yeah, and I think it's probably a lot healthier to be in your current working environment than the last one. And that's a good thing that they're able to kind of uh, have uh, not-so-strict policies. And I think with the flexibility, it does give you the ability to kind of work with work agreements and still share your side projects and the things that you're passionate about and um, not face any ramifications from any of that. Yes. (laughs) Cool. Well, it's about time for another commercial break and when we get back from this commercial break, we'll see some other things that we can do to help you out with your brand. Uh, You can always find me at Mr. Larry Kim and you can find um, Sarah at Sarah... um, ramsing.com and we'll be back after this commercial break think you've seen everything there is to see in online television let us surprise you visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports health business and more on demand 24 7 
Tune in to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers for entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussions with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, and literature, Tony's guests share their success and give their wisdom. If you're looking to manifest your vision and see how others have done so, be sure to listen to the Tony D'Urso Show every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Do you believe that being fit is difficult? Do you think it requires turning in your favorite comfort foods for boring chicken and broccoli and spending hours in a gym? It doesn't. Tune into Have It All with Devin Alexander. Devin and her guest experts will show you how you can have it all at any age, from relationships to money to thinking bigger than you've ever imagined. Devin will fast-track your goals to yummy reality. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. This is Grow Your Influence Tree. To reach Leonard Kim or his guest, call into the program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop a line by email to hello at leonardkim.com. Now, back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Hey, everyone. Leonard Kim back here with Sarah Bramsing, and we've been chatting about a lot of things to really go out there and help Sarah propel her personal brand. Um, one of the other things that, uh, so what we kind of focused on first is kind of developing out that bio and putting a lot more structure and organization to kind of give the person who's visiting um, Sarah's platforms a little bit more uh, ease of our peace of mind to really figure out what she does and how to understand and navigate through what she's doing. Uh, one of the other things that we could really focus on is the kind of content that um, Sarah's been creating. Um, Sarah, when you like make a video or put a thing on your website, like what do you think the average view counts on those are? Um, it depends. I get a lot more when, because my Twitter is so sports and data heavy, if it's something related to that, I get a higher view count. Um, it can be the video views can be in the beginning anywhere from like 200 and then after, oh, I'd say about five days, they can go up to around 900 depending on the video. Cool. So that's kind of like your average of what you've been working with, yeah. right? Yeah. And um, do you have any, a lot of written content lately or not really? Um, some of the previous content was written. Um, and usually what I do if I post a video is I try to post, you know, I try to have something written up so I can pair with it. Uh, it doesn't always happen. That's something I know I have to work on. I was playing with video more just because I know it's, it's an important platform that I shouldn't ignore. So I was just trying to get, you know, some of my editing, editing on and some of the, like some of just some of the video, um, up and running just so I could make sure I was playing with that medium because I, I don't want to ignore it. Yeah, so what I would kind of do is, since you're well-versed in writing and since you kind of have this video part actually uh, 
as something that you're able to do, which a lot of people aren't able to do it just because it's so hard to kind of get used to it, is I probably combine both the uh, video and the text elements together. So when you're delivering content, you kind of have both uh, different uh, methods of delivery so people can choose between which one that they want to consume. But I wouldn't stop at just putting it on your website. Uh, it's always great to have it on your website, but the problem with having content on your website is people have to go and really find it for it to be relevant, and they have to kind of discover your site. And um, the only people who are going to discover your site are people who already know you. But if you're sharing these, these pieces of content into like other places too, and taking more of an omnipresent approach and putting content onto like Quora, LinkedIn, Medium, and other places that allow you to either put video or um, written content, Facebook, and all these other places, then you kind of get that extra visibility where you kind of uh, are able to get maybe instead of 200 watches the first day, maybe four or 500. And instead of maybe 900 over the course of five days, maybe like 1,800 to 2,500, and get that extra visibility on the content you're already creating. Oh, like, for example, if I were to link it to Facebook, would I still link to the website, or would I just be posting it to Facebook or posting it to preview? Well, I mean, I would... So if it was me, what I would do is the blog article, you'd have the video embedded in there, you'd have the headline, and you'd have the text. And um, if you're using WordPress, what you could do is you could just copy and paste it out of the uh, CMS and then put that onto, like, Medium and then put that onto, like, Quora. And then when it comes to, like, actual social media platforms like um, Facebook, I mean, you could either do it either way. You could just copy and paste the text in and attach the video, or you can link it out to your blog. I mean, it doesn't really matter what you do. It just matters that you're doing um, taking the extra step to get it everywhere. Okay. And, you're, and you still do recommend utilizing Facebook? Yeah. Um, I'd use... I'd, I'd think of it more of an omnipresent approach. Uh, mm -hmm. And, like, if you look at every single platform, they all usually have a search feature. So if you were to look something up on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Quora, Medium, Google, YouTube, whatever other platform there is, you want to kind of make sure that uh, what you have is kind of searchable on every single one of those platforms that has a search functionality because... Um, if someone's looking for something related to what you do on Facebook and your post comes up, then you kind of win. But if um, it's not if it's not on Facebook, then it doesn't become searchable, which makes it not something that people could find. If that makes sense. I gotcha. Because I've I've completely those sites you named Quora, Medium. I think I posted one thing to Medium, maybe two things to Quora. Um, and I just, after what happened with Facebook, I kind of just distanced myself from there. But um, it is still a search platform, and it's, it's probably hurting me more than helping me to ignore it. So I'll, I'll be back on there. Well, what happened to Facebook? There's a million things that happened to Facebook. <laughs> well, no, I, I just, just, just the way they handled, um, just the way they handled uh, data sharing 
Mm-hmm. Um, and the way they were selling ads kind of made me want to just distance from them. So I, I basically stopped uh, posting on there. And then now if you're posting through um, a third-party application, like usually I post through Buffer or I'll post through Social Pilot. If I'm posting through there, I have to post through a page. I can't post onto like a, per, uh, you know, just a personal page. I have to post to a page page. <laughs> so that was another thing they did that kind of just annoyed me and just made me say, oh, it's just one more layer. Yeah, I, I mean, that makes sense to feel disgust towards a company because of how they're kind of handling privacy and everything. But, I mean, Google has been doing it for a long time and probably a lot longer than Facebook has. And a lot of these other companies are doing it too. And when we really think about the climate that we're kind of in, a lot of people are kind of grasping for their last bits of privacy, but that privacy seems to be going away and becoming something of the past. And if we're kind of entering into a world where um, it's going to be completely transparent, where privacy kind of doesn't exist anymore, then it kind of really makes sense to embrace that fact and just kind of own it and just go out there and do things because you're already making videos online. You're already sharing things about yourself. You're already giving your personality away and letting people know more things about you. So what does it hurt if the computer knows it too? Yeah, and and it's already on Instagram, which is in essence Facebook. So there's no avoiding Facebook. <laughs> yeah, it's like you just can't get away from it. So it's like what you it's like you either resist and it, it doesn't hurt Facebook when you resist. It kind of just hurts yourself. It sucks. And, and at least you're controlling your narrative and what you're posting and the information about you when you're posting to Facebook. So at, at least you have some control over, you know, what's being shared and what's being cataloged about you, which I think is probably one of the better sides of it. Yeah, like I like to think about it like this. and our lives, someone out of, our, out of the woodworks at some point is going to go out there and start to talk smack about us and try to smear our names. It's going to happen to every single person at one point in their life. We don't know when. It may have already happened. It may happen again. But someone's going to want to go out there and smear our names. And if we're out there controlling the narrative and taking ownership of it ourselves, when that person goes and tries to smear a name, nothing really happens as opposed to if someone goes out there and smears someone's name and you don't control your narrative. You kept everything private. Then it's like, okay, this one person's uh, smear campaign is everything that we see. And it kind of changes that narrative into a way where we can't change it back to how we want it to be. Right. Do you yeah. have a preferred platform? Like, do you have a platform that you're on more than others? Or do you pretty much just spread and share um, all over? Well, um, I... After I wrote the book, I've been um, not making content as significantly as I should be right now. So uh, right now, I'm usually just on Twitter, but as um, after the book website's finished, itchdx.com, 
And after that's live, I'm going to be starting to post on um, all the kind of platforms I kind of discussed with you, like Quora, Medium, LinkedIn, um, my website, and a few other places I can syndicate to you. Gotcha. And just, this is just a random question, but do you have a favorite platform or no? Uh, um, I think Quora is pretty awesome because uh, the cool thing about them is if you create content under a topic, they'll go and distribute it for you to people who follow that topic as opposed to your followers. If you have a brand new profile and you put something under like life advice and a million people follow that topic, a lot of them are going to start to see that uh, content because they follow the topic. Okay, I gotcha. I thought you were going to say Twitter because that's my favorite one, but because <laughs> that's where I usually see you. <laughs> I mean, Twitter's cool. It's just easier because you don't have to type that much. You can type 100, word, or 100 characters and be okay. <laughs> and I always, I remember when it was stock. Facebook, I, I remember when it was Facebook and Twitter and I just thought Facebook, uh, Twitter will win all of this because it's, it's so much more just direct and there's less layers and it's just boom and it's out there. And then everybody was on Facebook, which I, which I thought was funny. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of weird how that happened. Me, why, why can't we just go back to my <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, now you've gone too far. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I've gone to the dark zone. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. So, um, on a scale of like one to ten, um, how do you feel that this advice is? Do you think it was helpful, or do you think it was like not helpful? Do you think Leonard has no idea what he's talking about, or what would you think? Well, I wouldn't. I was. I wouldn't have asked for advice and and put myself out here because I was really nervous last night after you know I filled out the form and sent it into you, and then I realized, oh my god, this is happening. It's really happening. But I wouldn't have asked. If, if it wasn't you, because I see you online and you already give such good advice online and you're authentic and just everything you were posting and going through with your book just made it so genuine. I was like, when I saw that you were looking for someone today, I thought, literally, I screamed me at the computer like the computer was <laughs> going to do something. But um, no, it's <laughs> me. <laughs> <laughs> And, when, and, you know, when you get back that okie-dokie, I was like, oh, it's happening. <laughs> so, no, it's, it's beyond helpful because, you're, you know, it's the different eye approach. I look at things and I just see it a certain way and I think it's fine or I don't know how to, you know, I don't know how to fix it or make it better. But if somebody else looks at it, and this is the same thing with code. You know, you'll sometimes you trade, you know, when you're checking code, you check other people's code because you'll find their mistake before you'll find yours. So it's really the same approach. Uh, you, you, you're seeing the things I can't see for myself, and you're just putting me on that path to, hey, fix it, do it, get it done, it'll be better. And I, and I really appreciate it. And even something as, you know, basic as, well, you know, you can get on LinkedIn if you want, and I'm still scared, but I'm like, you know what, I could get on LinkedIn. <laughs> you <know? laughs> You're like, I don't have that boss anymore. I don't have that law firm looking after me anymore. 
I swear, I feel like they're outside. I'm like, are we sure we can get home? Like, are we sure? <laughs> yeah, I completely understand everything Andrew went through because all these years later, and I'm still like, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't be on there. <laughs> right? It's scary. It's like traumatizing. It's like, what do you do when someone's like nagging down your back or nagging on you, looking down your back, watching your every move, saying, you can't do that. It's like, what the hell? Leave me alone. I was, I was so young and to get a cease and desist and, you know, it's all like, it's, it's so very legal and, you know, the whole time I'm thinking, you know, do I have to, you know, now run out and get a lawyer? Like, it, it's just so like, it was annoying, but it was scary because I was young and I was just like, what does this mean? <laughs> so now years later, I'm like, nope, nope, <laughs> avoiding all of it because lawyers aren't cheap. So why would I want to go through that? <laughs> Yeah, that's true, and it's kind of crazy how those kinds of experiences, like, really shape us, but at least we're over the hurdle now, and you're going to go make a LinkedIn page again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, funny enough, yes. <laughs> cool. Well, um, so the advice was helpful. Oh, another thing that I'll do is after this uh, show, I'll send you over a personal branding course that's $2,600. Uh, I'll send it to you for free so you could kind of uh, learn as you go and you can keep me up to date with your process, send me over your bio, let me know what it looks like and all that other fun stuff. Does that sound good? Thank you. Oh, thank you. I can't thank you enough. Thank you. Oh, no problem. Um, yeah, cool. <laughs> Anyways, it's about the end of the show. Um, I wanted to thank you so much for coming on and um, sharing or letting us do a personal brand consult on you and see what we can do to help improve, make that better, help you share your side projects that you're working on, Sarah. Um, if anyone really wants to go out there and find Sarah online, you could go to um, SarahBramsing.com. Um, you can always find me at Mr. Leonard Kim. Um, was there any final words that you wanted to say, Sarah? Everyone needs to read Ditch the Act pre-order now. That's my final okay. word. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And everyone who's tuning in, we'll see you again next week for another episode of Grow Your Influence Tree. And thank you all for tuning in. Thank you for making us part of your week. Listen for Grow Your Influence Tree with Leonard Kim every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Stand out, stand apart, and become a top influencer. We'll see you here next week.